Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Hello, TSF family, and welcome to episode six of season six of This Spiritual Fix, where today we are starting our first part in numerous human design episodes. Enjoy. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Hello, Anna. Hey, how are you, Christina? I am doing okay, thanks. I am hanging in there. You are post-retreat fatigue, is it? I have some post-retreat fatigue at the moment, yes. Um, But it's all good. Uh, It's fun. I'm getting ready for the transformation circle, the inner villain transformation circle. And I just had this kind of small local retreat that I have at my place every year, which was lots of fun. Um, but it definitely takes a lot out of me. It takes a ton of energy to host. So, um, and to facilitate everything. And so I'm just like, just been kind of chilling out a lot, a little bit for the last couple of days for sure. Yeah. You need to get one of those high school or college interns, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I need, I do. I, I also need to get organized, uh, organized enough to actually be able to get help because I have people who can help me and people are like, I'm willing to help. And I'm like, that means I have to get organized enough to actually use the help. So, right. I need, yeah, exactly. Well, today we are talking about something that I really want to know more about. So I'm really excited for the episode, which is human design. And you're going to explain to all of us what that is in a bit. Indeed, and- I am. And we'll start with a prelude, which is when we just talk about a random topic before we get into the show, just something more lighthearted. So you sent me a TikTok by a woman whose handle is No Nonsense Spirituality, and she calls it the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. And she brings up eight topics that she thinks are like taboo topics that are off limits for us to actually talk about, because she says that humans have historically shown themselves to be irresponsible with these topics and should we even (laughs) should we even discuss them right and I thought maybe we could just discuss a couple of them like yeah like like to give you an example one of them was like free will like is there free will like if we if we introduce this concept that we don't have free will it's historically shown that people will then break laws and and do horrible things because they're like well I didn't choose to do it it was just you know Uh, I have no free will. It just happened. But, (laughs) and then she was like, 
what about if there really are differences between races, you know, like uh, Caucasians have more Neanderthal DNA in them than other races or something or other other ethnicities. And so like, does that make white stupider or like what exactly is going on? But like, have we historically shown ourselves mature enough to even discuss race differences? She says, that's an interesting one. Yep. Uh, she says, what if it was scientifically determined that pedophiles who had access to childlike sex dolls, if, if we don't know the data yet, but like, let's say if it's shown that having these sex dolls will decrease their actual performing sex acts or abuse, I should say, onto children, would that, would, should we somehow give them or, you know, make childlike sex dolls available to pedophiles then if it's going to reduce the number of human victims? Right. That's a very interesting one. Um, yeah. Another topic she talks about is should the government regulate the news to make sure that they are giving proper resources you know absolutely not i anyway <laughs> so not. so anyways there's a lot of topics is there anyone you want to discuss for the prelude ah uh, it's an interesting one because i've just been writing about thanos because thanos was a marvel character who believed that the world was over that the universe was overpopulated so he like devised this huge scheme to decrease the population of the universe by half um and it's interesting because he like succeeds like spoiler alert he succeeds and there's like five years in which you see the world without it being w without it being overpopulated with only half the population and they they make the same comments they did during the pandemic which was like oh look there were whales in the hudson sound you know and like all these like environmental things of like how you know it was just interesting in the movie that they scripted that like in some ways, as terrible as this was and as heartbreaking as this was to lose half of your friends, right? Like randomly lose half of your friends. Wow. You know, they were also making commentaries about the fact that like maybe there was something to that, right? And the, I was just talking with somebody about the Georgia Guidestones. I don't know if you have ever heard of those. The Georgia Guidestones were made in the 70s and then they were recently blown up by Marjor Marjorie Taylor Greene and her kith her people like last year, I think it was, they were like conveniently blown up. But one of the things that they said on the Georgia Guidestones is they're like, on the Georgia Guidestones, there's all these like guiding principles and they're in all of these different languages. And uh, one of the things that says is that you have to keep the population below 500 million. We're I'm looking at these Georgia Guidestones. Where, what is it? It's, it's just, they, it's an anonymous person who created American Stonehenge. Yeah. It's American Stonehenge. It doesn't exist anymore because it was blown up and then they conveniently just blew up the rest of it because, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. There was a bombing in 2022. There was a bombing and then they like had to blow up the rest of it that didn't get destroyed in the bombing because it was quote unquote unsafe, even though they like absolutely didn't fucking have to destroy the rest of it, but. Yeah. So I feel like overpopulation is a really interesting one because it's like, you know, you always hear about in science about like, there's a carrying capacity and the earth has a carrying capacity. And we used to talk about it. Like if anybody has tadpoles or fish, or we used to do the experiment with mice that like, once you are limiting the amount of food, the population naturally regulates itself in natural systems. 
right? Like in natural biological systems, like you're gonna, you're gonna naturally come to this place where like the, they will either stop reproducing or they will eat their young. Their higher concentration of homosexuals in areas of overpopulation with it in like mice and rat studies and stuff. That's, and so that's really interesting to look at. And then you say, okay, well then obviously either humans have completely circumvented that system or what is really true, which is that they're not naturally triggering the fact that there's a limitation in food because there is so much crappy food that's available. Right. So there's this whole theory about like how they naturally like if you provide people with a whole bunch of quote unquote calories that even if it has no nutritional benefit, like people will not like naturally regulate the population. Um, and so therefore, <laughs> I just I feel really silly saying all of this, but like they will naturally regulate the population and every single person who is born to any country is basically something that goes directly against their GDPR. Like they're an economic resource. And so therefore you want people to keep reproducing. So you're going to like provide them with empty calories so that they never feel the natural, they never feel as if the food is being limited. I really don't understand that. Can you, what does that mean? I'm an empty calorie? Like, no, no, no. Food is empty calorie, like Cheetos and stuff that has no nutritional value oh it doesn't actually it doesn't because it doesn't tax the earth the way that like nutritious food would right exactly but it does tax the earth because of packaging and diesel to like it does but but this is like this is has to do with like carrying capacity and this idea of like technically there's an abundance of food it's just really shitty food right so like a lot of this i don't know it's a silly thing i don't know what that was just the thing that brought up about overpopulation but did you have one that you wanted to talk about well, the pedophile one is very interesting, um, but they'd have to like prove that it does decrease the crime rate because I would think that it wouldn't because it would like escalate, Yes, you know, like, cause I think that like crime in all crimes, not just this one, it like, it starts with something a little, just slightly perverse and then just gets like more and more horrible. So I feel like it wouldn't work, but if it did work and it saved a child from trauma, Especially like, if you could create a I don't system know. in which you were trying people with the dolls. It, 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 yeah, uh, it's just weird. Actually, I don't know if I want to talk about that topic because it's really weird. I feel like we did probably, like, I may have even been irresponsible in what I was saying about overpopulation. Like, I was just kind of, like, spouting off some facts, but it's, like, you know, there's just such an interesting perspective on this of, like, I do probably think there are some topics that we just genuinely cannot be responsible with because with top, something yeah. is going to come in, you know, like, like imagine you're cleaning out your uncle's house because he died and you find those dolls or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about human design. <laughs> so today I'm going to talk about human design guys. And if you know me, you know that I like to talk about human design. I first learned about human design from a woman named Lily, who I love and appreciate. She told me about human design for probably six years before I even understood what the fuck she was talking about. Like, like <laughs> That's me and you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, what are all these words? I don't understand it. So I'm gonna do my best to try and unjargon this, but some of the words, especially because human design is becoming a lot more popular, some of the words are just good. So you can kind of use this as a primer for understanding human design in general. And so this is going to be a multi-part series similar to how Anna's kind of got this ongoing one with astrology. 
I'm probably going to keep going because I could literally do probably like five or six episodes on human design. So I'm going to kind of start with the most important and basic parts of this, um, which is like, if you don't know anything else about human design, if you know these two things, like you, it, it like these two things are years worth of work. If you are kind of far off on your, on your movement towards uh, aligning with this. And the thing that I like about human design is that for me, it was, for me, astrology is, I love astrology because it's like, it's very specific, but there's almost too many variables. There's like all the houses and then there's all the planets and then there's all your, there's like all, you have all your planets, which can be in all the different signs. So there's just like, I feel like for the, your, your mind, Anna is like totally capable of seeing and remembering all of these variables. Whereas my mind, it's like the system's just like, too complex for my mind. And that's why I feel like I align with human design better because like, even though you've like simplified so much about astrology, it's like, I can't remember what Libra being in the third house is. You know what I mean? Like I can't, you know, I, I, I probably not even saying it like correctly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Despite learning so much about it. So human design is an interesting mix of astrology in the I Ching. Technically it has a Kabbalah and it has Vedic philosophy in it as well as biochemistry and a number of different things. But the main thing that I like to say is that imagine that like you have your astrological chart and every single placement within your astrological chart is put on a circle from, and the circle has 64 slots. And so say that you're, you know, that, that Mars is in Libra, that would fill up the 27th slot, right? Or so-and-so is in whatever, right? And if that's the case, the 64 slots represent the 64 hexagrams that are in the I Ching, right? And so then once you get those 64 slots, those slots represent the gates that are in the body. And so once you kind of fill in color, like fill in the blanks based on what your placements are in your astrological chart, it creates what is called a rave chart, which basically gives you, it gives a representation of your circuitry. And that circuitry can then be told to be able to like show a whole bunch of things about you. So I'll give you examples. Say that you have um, the chart, you know, you have a specific gate of um you have like the 27 gate and the four gate this isn't an actual gate combination but like say you have the 27 and the four that creates a channel that channel creates a movement between these two defined centers and that means that those centers are going to be defined and you can determine a lot of things about that basically just think of it as like a very complex system of electrical wires and you have three battery sources in your body and you have three kind of light bulbs in your body and you have three switches in your body, if you wanna think about it like that, right? Cause there's nine centers. And so like the light bulbs and the switches, like certain centers are switches, certain centers are light bulbs, certain centers are batteries and certain people have certain circuitry so that they can create their own light bulb battery switch, right? So very much like how you turn on a light in a room, right? How you turn on a light is you have to have a power source, you have to have an on and off switch, and you have to have a light bulb. Our bodies are like that. And depending on how our circuitry is worked, we can create different combinations of these three things. So I did say I was gonna make it more simply and I have not yet succeeded in that. <laughs> in the most basic way, there's a man named Alan Robert Krakauer, who's also known as Ra Uruhu, and he, 
basically turned into Ra Uruhu in 1992. He designed and he published a book called The Human Design System because he had a mystical experience in 1987. And basically this entire system was downloaded to Ra in that time. Interestingly, if you go, he's, he's now passed, but interestingly, if you go back into like all of the different things and all of his different work, you can also see that there are actually a lot of kind of prophecies within that system as well, probably similar to what astrology would have, but things along the lines that like show kind of the evolution of humans. So again, probably one of those interesting topics, maybe a dangerous topic, I don't know, but the, the, the evolution of humans as well as kind of like where we're going as a society. He talks a lot about that and kind of the greater things. But the thing that we all want to know is who are we? That's what we care about. And so the things that I'm going to talk about specifically today are about two things which are called strategy and authority. Okay. So these two things are the most important things because the idea is that if you find your strategy and you follow that strategy, you are going to just be a much happier person, right? Because you're going to stop struggling with situations and pl and things and different, you know, circumstances that are just making you angry, bitter, frustrated or any of these or disappointed, right? Like you're going to get yourself out of these situations that are continually frustrating you or making you angry and you're going to just be a happier person as a result of it. Authority is the what is the ultimate decision maker in your body? And I feel like that's a really interesting thing. Do they do that in astrology, Anna? Do they have like something that's like, this is how you know to how to make decisions? Not really. I mean, you have your Mercury and then you have 12 different positions and that's how you think and make decisions. Right. But I wouldn't say it's like your authority necessarily. Right. So in human design, there are seven different authorities within human design. And so if you figure out which one these are, you're going to understand your decision-making process. And so that's why strategy of which there are five different strategies and authority, which are seven different authorities is the most useful part of this. It's why it's, we take nothing else away from human design. It's like, know your strategy, know your authority, and just figure out what that feels like. So we're going to go through those today. So starting with strategy, strategy is based on what is called your your type. Okay. And so this may have been the thing that you heard the most, if you've ever heard of human design and there are five types, there is the manifester, the generator, the manifesting generator, the projector and the reflector and all, and of those five are basically four strategies. And, and among them, that's because the manifesting generator is kind of a mixture of two of them. So it actually follows the same strategy as the generator, just to make things a little bit more complicated. But those five types have these four different strategies, and I'm going to go through these four different strategies. If you are wanting to look along and say, what am I? What's my type? Things along those lines. I recommend that you go to the jovianarchive.org and you put in your birth time and your birthplace. Like when we were doing the astrology episodes, you can go in there and you can get a free chart and it will tell you in your most basic ways, what your strategy and what your authority is, as well as what your type is. It will say you are, it may say you're a projector. It may say you're a generator, a manifesting generator. So I would recommend that you pause this, go do that. And then you can come back and you can see which of these, uh, applies to you. So 
the first strategy is the strategy of the generator. And the strategy of the generators and the manifesting generators is what is called to respond. Okay, so this means that you are, if you can think of it, you can think of it, generators and manifesting generators are basically the engines. They're, they're literally generators, like power generators of the system, right? They are there to do the work, right? If there were worker bees in a hive, they would be generators, right? And the thing is, is that the, the strategy to respond means that you have a fully open aura. Just imagine that you just have this massive aura that is constantly trying to figure out ways to use its energy because it has so much energy. And so as a, resu as a result, you have this magnet inside of you as a generator that is constantly pulling in things for you to respond to. Okay, so that means it could be external cues and signs and, you know, opportunities, people coming up to you and just being like, hey, I really love your singing voice. Will you come sing for me? Right. Or I really love your ability to, you know, do this or that. Like, can you do that for me? external cues, signs, things along those lines. You're always looking for the world around you and you're wanting to respond to them. Generators and manifesting generators, but generators in particular get in trouble when they start to try and initiate things for themselves. They get an idea and they're like, hey, I have this idea to start this club where everybody gets flashlights and flashes it in each other's eyes every night. And I, that's like, Anna's looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm just coming up with some sort of crazy idea that you may have dreamt of, or you may have done something along those lines. And the trick is, is that if you're trying to initiate something that hasn't been, that you're not responding to, like you're trying to kind of start something up, you are going to find that you get very, very frustrated and you may find that you're not finishing things and you may find that you are having difficulty with finding the energy to carry it out and complete it. This is because of the fact that when you go into that bad space, you are needing you're trying to you're not following your strategy you're not responding responding ensures that there is a question or a request that is being made and you're able to make that sometimes especially if you're a manifesting generator you may be getting ideas in your mind you may be feeling things in the world that feel like nobody it's not like a person that's come to you and been like, I think this needs to happen. Like maybe you're reading it somewhere and maybe you have a bit more of that initiator energy, but in general, as a generator or a manifesting generator, your job is to respond. When you don't, you feel frustrated. And when you do, when you actually do follow your, your strategy, then you feel satisfied. So the next strategy is to inform. This is for the manifestors and I'm going to kind of do a, an, an overview of these five of these five types in the end and kind of give you guys summaries and like who are famous people and stuff like that. So you can expect that at the end. But the strategy to inform is for manifestors. Manifestors make up about 9% of the population. My son is a manifestor and they have a very unique configuration because their aura is what is called closed meaning that they can do technically everything by themselves. And you will notice that they do everything or they want to do everything by themselves. They can 
initiated idea. They are the initiators of all of them. They are the ones who are the best for initiating. They're the ones who are just like, yep, I'm going to go to it. I'm going to do it. And they are also have energy just like a generator does. They have the energy to go through with it and to finish it. The reason that they are going to need to, their strategy is to inform is because of the fact that if they don't let you know what they're going to do, they're just going to go rogue. Like they're literally just going to be completely isolated and separate from everybody around them. So as a parent of a manifester, I have to teach my kid, which is really hard because I have one generator child and I have one manifester child. I teach my manifester child to be like, don't ask me if you want to do something, just let me know, right? Hey, mom, I'm thirsty, right? Not, can I have a glass of water? I mean, it's a silly example, but like, you know, when kids are used to asking questions all the time, they can. My son, as a manifester, I have to be like, just, just tell me you're going to do it. Hey, I want to go and do this. I have absolutely no problem with that. Go do that. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to ask me, just let me know, right? Because what happens is that if you try and control a manifester and you try and get them to ask permission for everything, they will get angry. Their bad space their place of not self is getting extremely angry. And if they do that, then what will happen is they will norm normally just like completely reject any authority whatsoever you have over them, right? So by allowing them to inform, you're allowing them to be in their good spot, but also letting you know so that you can make sure that they're doing everything okay and that they're not gonna do anything dangerous, even though most of the time they probably know not to do the dangerous thing. It's Are there any manifestors in my family when you no, did ours? There's okay. no manifestors in your family. The um, It's interesting. I have a friend. She's a, she's a projector, which is the next one I'll get to. But the projector and her husband is a manifestor. And she says that when they go into a crowded place, she lets him lead. And his aura is such that he can part a crowd. Because he just has this closed, he has this manifestor aura, which basically just like people just naturally part, even though he's like a relatively short person. Um, and I just think that's so fascinating to me. Like it's been really fascinating to find out the strategy to inform and to initiate from the manifestors and how they are different. They usually don't care if they don't have friends because they can do everything by themselves. The trick is, is that you want to get them to connect. All right. So the next one is Anna, your projector type the wait for the invitation strategy so the wait for the invitation strategy is the primary approach of projectors and projectors have a unique ability to mirror the energy that is around them and then in mirroring that they provide valuable in in insights into the dynamics of the environment so what i say about projectors is that this is like a natural interaction that will put a projector in a really good place as well as a generator right is that for me as a generator, I would say to Anna, hey, Anna, I have an invitation for you. Can you tell me about your experience about waiting for the invitation? Yes. So let me just put it this way, that like I think that most projectors are going to have anxious attachment or abandonment wounds or codependence because we, unlike the generators, do not make our own energy. We need other people to make energy, right? We need other people. Like, we just can't survive without them unless we figure out a way to get energy from other sources, meaning like prayer, connecting to nature, um, animals, things like that, walking barefoot. But it's just funny because it's like, yeah, I, I couldn't be like your son and just like initiate complete 
a task like all on my own, it's like I need I need divine help, if not human help. Okay, now um, waiting for the invitation. This is an interesting one because I told Christina when I started my business through trial and error, I realized that my business did best. I'm in, I have a small healthcare business when I just waited for the invitation. Uh, I mean, yes, I made a Google profile for reviews and like most, and most of our business comes there, but I used to solicit, go to different neurologists off, put on different um, seminars and this and that, like trying to market and it never would work. But what always worked is just waiting for an invitation. I'd randomly get a fax. I'd randomly get a phone call. I randomly would get this partnership and just, I just had to wait for the invitation and it works out really well because pretty much everyone who finds me is word of mouth. And so I refuse to pay for marketing. Like I refuse to do that because it doesn't work for my particular type. Yeah. So for me, the way it works is I don't, I don't pay for marketing. I work hard and I, and my therapists work really hard to provide a great service so that we get good Google reviews but that's how we market like word of mouth. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Right. Is that if Anna was to start initiating marketing, like by basically trying to create opportunity around her, she would be bitter. That's what happens. The not self of the projector is the feeling of bitterness, right? That feeling of just being like, man, that fucking sucks. Like, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting. Cause like, when I get to the end, I'll kind of talk about the questions that each of them have. Each different type has like a question that they can ask. And, you know, projectors make bicycles into Ferraris. If you listen to them, if you invite them and their guidance into your system, you know, like, or maybe mopeds to Ferraris is probably better because bicycles are just like human powered. But like being a generator, I could just spray my energy everywhere and just like, Hey, I'm going to try all these different things. But oftentimes when I ask Anna, like I almost always, I don't know if you notice I do this, Anna, like I'm always just like, I'm like, Hey, is this worth my time? Is this worth my money? And she'll just be like, no. And, I'm like, <laughs> and, and she's like spot on. I think there was one time I didn't listen to her and I literally, it was just like the money just went out the door and like nothing happened with it because I like didn't listen to her. That's hilarious. You know, so like I always use her as my projector buddy to just be <laughs> like, and any of my other projector buddies to just be like, hey, do you think this makes sense? Like, I want you to see, cause I'm wanting to put a lot of energy into this and I don't know if I'm about to make a bicycle or if I'm about to make a Ferrari or like, tell me as a projector how I can make a Ferrari. I love it. So what, just quick question, my family, they're all generators. They're I live with three, generators. I live with three generators. Okay. What's a manifesting generator? A manifesting gonna... generator and a generator. I mentioned that at the beginning, I'll talk, but this is a really good point. So a generator and a manifesting generator are basically the same. A manifesting generator has a little bit more manifestor energy, right? So they're quicker to be able to pick up things that have been initiated. And they are also, they are also a little bit less likely to get frustrated if they do initiate something, if that makes sense. They're, they're a hybrid. They're a hybrid between a manifester and a generator. And so, but they have to follow the strategy of a generator still. They're supposed to, still supposed to respond. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one 
is to wait for a lunar cycle strategy, which is for reflectors, which is reflectors are less than 1% of the population, y'all. They are super deeply influenced by the moon's 29 and a half day cycle. So when faced with important decisions or life choices, reflectors are encouraged to wait the full lunar cycle to gain clarity and perspective on a situation. The waiting period allows them to observe how their feelings and perspectives shift over time, ultimately leading to a more informed and aligned decision. So by waiting a lunar cycle, reflectors can make choices that are in harmony with their true nature and the natural rhythms of their environment. And you'll notice when we get to authority that the strategy of the reflector is to, is to follow their lunar authority. Basically, that's their strategy. And so lunar is an authority when we get to that in a second. So that's kind of the co basic coverage of strategy. And like I said, I'm going to go back to the five types at the end and kind of give you guys like a summary and an overview. But following your strategy is so incredibly important for avoiding or making sure that you're not going into the not self. So if you are a projector and you're basically trying to do stuff like you're trying to help people and they haven't asked for help, you're trying to, um, you know, basically get into a group and like, you know, wait for somebody to tell you about their expertise or people are like expecting you to, to speak up like genuinely, like you're going to be bitter if you have to do that. Like you want to be recognized for the guidance that you're able to provide, right? So when you wait for that invitation and when you're around people who recognize how valuable it is to extend an invitation to you, then like you're in a sweet spot, right? If you're a manifester, you're waiting, um, sorry, you're initiating and then you're also informing people. You're letting people know, like, just let people know what the fuck you're doing and then you're going to be good. And then if you're a manifesting generator or a generator, you are responding and that's it. You're not making, you know, you're not kind of doing any of this. And a lot of this is nuanced in the sense of you're just like, well, does that mean that like I can't do anything if I don't feel the need to respond? And it's like, we'll get to that when we get to authority. So and I'll, and I'll describe a little bit more about what that looks like. Okay, so authority is decision-making capability. It has everything to do with how are you actually uh, making your decisions in life? Like how how do you know exactly what is coming into to effect when you are making a decision? And so the most prevalent type of authority is called an emotional authority. And the emotional authority is of, you know, basically 50% of the world is emotionally defined, which means that 50% of the world has emotional authority. And that means that you are having to wait for two to three days. So Anna and I are both emotional authority people. You have, yeah. to, you have to wait for two to three days to know if you actually, how you actually feel about something. So an emotional authority takes two to three days because what's going to happen on day one is you're going to be like, oh, I'm so excited. And then what's going to happen the second day is like, uh, I don't know, maybe this is a really terrible idea. And by the time you get to day three, you're like, I want to do this. I'm totally clear that I want to do this, right? So it's really important to know that you need to go through the entire wave of emotion. It goes up and down, it goes up and down, and then you'll finally know you know, even if it's not two to three days, if it's a small decision, give yourself five minutes, right? You know, if it's a bigger one, let yourself sleep for two to three nights. You know, if it's like a huge decision about your relationships and your career, like give yourself a week, recognize that it takes time to be able to make these decisions. And it's really like, there's a whole bunch of detail about the different types of 
emotional authorities that we have, but we're doing an overview episode right now. So we might get into that to the future. If you want to, I recommend that you kind of, there'll be a link in the show notes to the aura market and it will tell you about specific types of emotional authority. The next authority is the sacral authority. People who are projectors can never be sacral authorities, by the way. The only way you can have a sacral authority, like only basically generators and um, can be sacral authorities or manifesting generators. Basically, the sacral authority is a gut knowing. It's like a hell yes. You're just like, hell yes, hell no. And you're good. You're just like, I know if this is worth my time immediately. And one of the things that I always tell people about it who have a sacred, sacral authority is that the sacral grunts. That's how it talks. It goes, mm. uh-huh or uh-uh, right? So if you want to connect to that sacral sound, you're going to immediately be able to know if something is worth your time by being like, and so I'll, I'll, I'll like, we'll, I'll work with my clients about that sometime and I'll just be like, okay, what does your body want to do? And someone's like, yes. I was like, no, that's, you have to grunt. I was like, grunt. That's how you know you're tapped into the sacral. So I make people grunt. Um, I love that. My husband is sacral. Yes. So he is going to know, uh-huh or uh-uh. He grunts when he doesn't want to do stuff. Is that That's a- exactly it? That's exactly it. That's his sacral talk. Oh my God. It drives me nuts. That's his sacral. That's his sacral. That is his sacral authority talking to you, right? He's going, uh-uh. Like his literally. Well, like I'll be like, he'll be like, have to do something that he doesn't want to do. And he's like, mm, mm, That's mm. It. like the whole time he's grunting. And I'm like, why does he have to grunt? That's because his sacral authority is saying, fuck off. <laughs> truly, truly. My daughter grunts all the time. Really? Yes. It's the sound of the sacral and she has a sacral authority as well. That is too nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a real thing. And when you, when you actually do that, you're going to find that. And that's, and that's how you generators and manifesting generators, if you get an idea and you're a sacral, even if you're not a sacral authority, if you wait for two to three days and you're like, I think I have the energy for this. You can still ask your sacral and be like, yo, do I have the energy to actually fix this? And it'll be like, "Uh uh-huh or uh -uh. uh-huh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And, right. and so for those of us who have emotional authority, we should never live by the adage, don't go to sleep angry. Like we totally need to go to sleep angry three yes. nights. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you're trying to do something rash as a result of how you feel. So the next one is splenic authority. And splenic authority is a really interesting one because uh, manifestors and projectors are going to have splenic authority. And splenic authority is basically the for without getting into detail, I plan on getting this into this in the next episode that we do on human design. The spleen is the centers for fears and intuition and health. So it will immediately tell you whether or not something is safe or not. It is an inner noting. It's like a spontaneous like ping, you know, and so that how you know that your spleen is talking to you to make a decision is that it's usually going to be this like, oh, okay, I have this like, feeling inside of me and then there will often be fear-based questions that result in your mind as a result of it what what they say is the spleen speaks softly once which means that you have to be quiet in order to hear your splenic authority Uh, and when it does do it like you're gonna know you're gonna know what that looks like once you become tuned to it it's very hard to miss it All right, so the next is the ego authorities. The ego authorities, like as we go down this list, you're gonna have fewer and fewer and fewer people who are like this. The ego authority means that you have 
you're you're not having a sacral decision you're not having an emotional you don't have a splenic you don't have any of those and it's very important to to listen to what you're saying in the moment so both ego authority and self-rejected authority are the two next ones and both of them are all about like having to talk out loud to process to be able to understand how you actually feel about something and what decision you want to make so there are two different types of ego authorities and the ego authorities, um, ego manifested means that you're a manifester with an ego authority, which basically means that your job is to fall, is to get out of your head as much as possible when you're going to make decisions, right? Get out and give your head maybe that you need to talk to other people in order to do it. Don't try to control the flow of what's going in. Just listen to it and, and like your ego, which is that heart center, will speak its truth. Alternatively, the projected ego, the ego projected authority is similar, but you're listening for, you know, you're, you're waiting for the invitation. So you're following that projector strategy in order to be able to like know what it is that you want to do. I recommend looking it up because ego authority can be a little bit more confusing. A self-projected authority is straight up. You talk, you know, right? So my, someone that I know is so fascinating because they are a self-projected authority. And like, I can genuinely say that this person doesn't know how they feel until they say it out loud. It's really fascinating because she's just like, she'll make these jokes. You know what I mean? She'll like say something out loud and make a joke. And then the joke is super harsh and you're just like, shit. Okay. So that's how she really feels about it. You know what I mean? Because she won't know until so she, she uses like humor as a way to be able to like actually figure out how she feels, which is really fascinating to me, I think. Um, Super fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So the next is the mental authority, also called the environmental authority. Basically, your, your entire body is so open and your head is like so closed, so to speak, that you have to be in the right environment. And if you're not in the right environment, then the people are all going to be wrong. Right. So you can't really make decisions if you're in the wrong environment. Like if you're, you know, if your environment is wrong, like you are going to, nothing is going to feel right. So you're not going to be able to make a decision anyway. So that is, again, it's a really rare one, but it does exist. And so I like recommend that you look into that more. Um, if you're interested or you find that you have a mental authority or environmental authority. And the last one is that lunar authority that I talked about that reflectors have, right? So reflectors are going to be looking at that 29 and a half day cycle and they need to sample how they feel in every single way they need to sample all of their circuitry and see how it feels and they're going to go through like how an emotional authority person goes through a wave of like two to three days or maybe a week they take an entire lunar lunar cycle to go through all the ways that they feel about something before they can make a decision do reflectors always have lunar authority yes always because reflectors auras are open they're like clouds they have no defined state, which means that everything that almost every single thing that they feel inside of their body is an amplification of how somebody else feels. And then another question. So projectors are usually emotional authority, but what they can be everything but sacral. They cannot be sacral and they are for the most part, one of the other ones. Yes. So you, can okay. So they could be projector. lunar. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you for that clarity. They cannot be a lunar. So only, only, reflectors, reflectors, only reflectors are lunar. Have a lunar authority. Yes. Okay, so projectors can never be lunar or sacral. Yes. Manifestors can never be lunar. Manifestors, they can be splenic manifestors. They can be emotional manifestors, I'm pretty sure. Um, let me, I haven't, I haven't flipped it this way. Sorry, I like have to think about it. Sorry, I shouldn't have asked that. 
No, 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 no. It's okay. It doesn't it's really help because people are going to just Google it. I mean, people are just going to see their chart. They don't need to know this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I can't, I can't quite flip it in my head that way right now. Um, okay. So those are the different types of authorities. And I kind of just want to, again, go over, like I said, at the beginning, I want to go over the different types. What is their summary and who are the famous people who are associated with these different types? Okay. So the first type is the generator type. I am a generator type. The generator, I, I enjoy the question for the generator, which is who am I? Your entire world is surrounded by being this magnet and having this open aura and you can figure out who you are by what it is that you attract. So like, I feel like when you talk about the law of attraction, you're talking to generators, right? Like you're talking about generators because they have this magnet inside of them and this magnet is going to attract exactly who they are, right? So if they're living in a place in which you're having a limiting belief that's running, running your life, like that there's a level of attraction in which you're pulling that in. They, generators are here to learn what they love to do and to do it unapologetically. Whenever they light up, they lift up everyone around them. Like everyone gets left up when a generator gets lifted up. Um, the things to remember as a generator is you don't overthink it. When you feel good, you feel satisfied. When you feel bad, when you're in that bad not self place, you're feeling frustrated. Look out for overcommitting. The trick is, is that you need to figure out what your decision, that's why your authority is so important with being a generator, because you're going to keep responding and you're going to keep like attracting all sorts of stuff. And if you don't learn how to say no, you're going to overcommit and you're going to become frustrated in and of itself, because part of being a generator is also being a level of discriminatory about what it is that you do and don't want to put your energy in. So the remedy is to say no. Um, it's good to consume when you're eating regular nutritional and substantial foods. Um, and the, uh, the affirmation of the generator could be when I focus on what brings me joy, I brighten and lift up everyone near me. And the hallmark feature of them being out of sync is when they feel frustrated. Correct. That's the not self place. Yes. And you are this. Yes. Can you give me like just an example of how frustration feels like to you? Uh, what it looks uh, like. Yeah. So, uh, a good example is, um, anytime that I try to initiate something, like I can tell you how many times, like I've had an idea about doing something on social media and I'll like put all this energy and attention into it. And I like spend all this time and nobody asked for it. Right. So a great example is I started doing these weekly forecasts because I was like, oh, that's a good way for me to channel. And it's like a super simple thing for me to do. And then I just put all this energy into it by initiating it. And then I've grown frustrated. So I've stopped doing it because it's like it's not nobody asked for it. You know what I mean? Like and that's a great example of like how I'm doing in my social media now is like I'm only responding to questions that come in and I'm only responding to the inspiration that comes into me at any given time. I'm not doing something consistently because of the fact that like I need to initiate something. So that's an example of that. But how is that not waiting for the invitation? Nobody needs to actively invite me into anything. I can just respond to whatever's coming in. It's the difference between um, like waiting for the invitation is kind of like uh having a pitcher on a pitching mound actually pitch you a ball. Whereas for me, I have all of these ball machines that are constantly being thrown at me all the time and I can choose to respond to whichever, which ones I want. Does that make sense? Like I have a lot more stuff coming at me as a response, as a, as a generator than you do necessarily as a projector.
Does that make sense? Is it, is it like yours are more subtle or you just have more coming more volume? I just have more volume because I have the energy. Okay. Because okay. people people want energy, not guidance most of the time, which is a really dumb thing because people should want guidance and not energy. But most okay. of the time people want energy. That makes sense. Okay. So famous generators, Beyonce, Ellen DeGeneres, Jennifer Lopez, Oprah. These are all famous generators. All right. So next is uh, manifesting generators. So manifesting generators um, acquire skills very quickly. They're accomplishing many great things in their lifetimes. They're described as wild horses energetically. They're a sight to behold as they gallop freely from one endeavor to another, right? So manifesting generators, you could say their mantra is, I let myself be silently drawn by the strange pull of what I really love, and it will not lead me astray. Do we know anyone who has this? Like I know, I know a fair number of manifesting generators. I don't know anybody who we share in common though. Yeah, that we both know. The thing with manifesting generators is okay to change course. Their high vibe when they're in their true self place is they feel satisfaction and peace. Their low vibe when they're in their not self place and they're in a really bad place, they feel frustration and anger. You look out for overextending. So overextending similar to being overcommitting. And the remedy is to unschedule your life as much as possible. Uh, and you're wanting to eat in a way that you regularly consume meals that inspire and are in, in proportion to your energy expenditure. So if you're not doing that much, you don't have to eat that much. And famous manifesting generators, Mother Teresa, Angelina Jolie, Tony Robbins, those are all, and Jessica Alba, those are all famous manifesting generators. All right, projectors. Projectors understand others, like every other type deeply and on many levels, making them incredibly insightful and really knowledgeable. And with a bird's eye perspective, they see the bigger picture in a way that others just simply cannot, right? So that's very, you know, true to what I said about like how I will invite Anna in to like, let me know to see the big pictures in ways that I just can't. Um, so projectors, are always asking, whereas generators say, who am I? Projectors ask the question, who are you? So it's really interesting because projectors oftentimes have difficulty seeing themselves. They can see everything else around them except for themselves most of the time, right? So it takes being in a relationship for, for them to be able to reflect and be like, hey, I see you and this is what I see about you. Can you tell me what you see about me? Right, like it's a really fascinating movement of projectors not necessarily being able to see themselves within the bigger picture. Um, it's really important to remember to play as a projector. When they feel in their best, they feel successful. And when they feel in their not self, their low vibe state is bitterness. The thing is, is that projectors need to be careful about proving that they're worthy because that is a really bad place that projectors get into is that because the traditional way that most people, especially if you're like, you, like Anna was saying, like if you're codependent or you're a rescuer is you feel like you need to prove that you're worthy by doing a shit ton of activities or being coming indispensable or doing any of these things when inherently you are valuable just because of the guidance and you're and in some ways it's like you need your family to respond to that and recognize that your guidance like, like Anna, for instance, could kill herself cleaning her house. But if she could be like, Hey guys, this is the best way to clean the house, right? Like I can tell you how to efficiently use your energy as much as possible. Right. 
because projectors are incredibly good at finding the most efficient and energetic, like energetically efficient way to do anything. And so if her family was like, hey, we want to clean up your house. She's like, great, let me tell you how. And she's like, you grab this and you grab this and you grab this where she just sits there and watches. Like that's the ideal place. That would be amazing. I would love to just boss people around. Yeah, it's not even bossing. You can think of it as guiding, it's guiding. I would love to guide people around. <laughs> um, the remedy for projectors is sleep and rest. So when they don't feel Oh well, my God, can you please tell my husband this? He always like, he's like, if you don't get proper sleep, you're so grumpy, but I'm not like that. And now I can say it's because I'm a projector, baby. Right. You can totally say that. You can totally say that. Um, in terms of consuming small protein rich meals throughout the day. Oh my God, that is totally what I love. And high fat, high fat, high protein. Yeah, yeah eventually we'll get to that macros being as important as I feel like it should be. Um, uh, the affirmation is not everyone is meant to see me. It's not personal when they don't. Not everyone is here to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So famous projectors, Princess Diana, Salvador Dali, Barack Obama, Marilyn Monroe. This is a really long list guys. Nelson Mandela, Taylor Swift, Kanye West, Brad Pitt, Queen Elizabeth, Michael Jackson, Mariah Carey, Barbara Streisand. It's a lot of really famous projectors. Whew. All right, so the last type is reflectors. Like I said, less than 1% of the population. Reflectors embody their environment, taking on roles, gifts, and sorrows of the individuals that surround them. Their unique contribution is a, is a live representation of their local community and tribe. Like basically, I, I think of them as like the quality meter in the factory, right? Like they're not meant to do anything. They're meant to just like constantly tell you like how everyone is doing they are they need to remember that they are everyone and no one at the same time which can be really difficult like to be everyone and no one they're when they feel wonderful they're in surprise and awe and when they are in their low vibe they are feeling disappointment they need to look out for thinking that it's them they need to they they need to make sure that they recognize that what is coming through their body is not them the remedy by far is they are the best people to spend as much time out in nature as possible because nature has a much clearer amplification. Like being around people too much is going to make it so that you are pulling in the conditioning of people, whereas nature doesn't have conditioning in the same way. For them, it's really important to eat spring water and hold non-toxic food, again, because they're amplifying everything around them. And their affirmation is just like the moon, I go through phases. And famous reflectors. This is like one of my favorite things. So, okay, so Teal Swan is a famous reflector. Sandra Bullock is a famous reflector. And then my favorite example is Amaji. And I fucking love that Amaji is a reflector because can you think of a better person to literally get in the auric fields of everybody around them and amplify their true nature? Because that's literally what she does. Like she's nobody. Right. But when she hugs somebody, she's in their auric field and she becomes them. Right. So it's like this amazing moment of like, I literally cannot think of a more amazing like configuration than Amaji, the hugging saint, being a reflector. I just think it's so cool. I need to see if my dog has sacral authority because she's always growling. Yeah, you should definitely see that. If you know her birthday, you can do you can do her chart. So. That is the first part of human design. So follow your strategy and your authority with your type and your decision-making. Like I said, you could literally just do those two things for the next year and you would probably be okay. So, yeah. Wait, 
So following our authority for me, it's emotional Yes. and to wait three days. Yes. And then, and then well, your strategy is to wait for the invitation. Right. Which I've been doing. Right. Okay. Do you mind just quickly saying, okay, if you're a manifester, this it's this and this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Just, so, so in summary, we have five different types and we have seven different authorities. If you're a manifester, your strategy is to initiate and to inform. And you can have multiple different authorities, which we'll get to in a second. If you are a generator or a manifesting generator, your strategy is to respond. If you are a projector, your strategy is to wait for an invitation. And if you are a reflector, your strategy is to wait a lunar cycle. If you have an emotional authority, your job is to wait two to three days before you make a decision. Wait till you go through the full range of emotions before you actually make a decision. If you are a sacral authority, which is just gonna be generators and manifesting generators, if you are a sacral authority, you are going to grunt and you're gonna immediately know whether or not something feels like you have the energy for something as, as something is worth your time. If you are a splenic authority, you're gonna get a very gentle ping that tells you that this is safe and that this is something that you can go forward with. If you're ego or self-projected, you are listening to your decision process. You're allowing yourself to talk and for that to come out and to kind of see what that feels like. If you're an environmental authority, you are making sure that you are in a very good environment before you're making any decisions. Ideally, maybe you're out in nature or you're someplace where you can get very, very clear because you're not gonna be able to make a clear decision if you're in the wrong environment. And if you're a lunar authority, you're waiting a month to be able to go through the full range of emotions to make sure that you actually know how you feel about something. So that's that. I love it. I cannot wait to learn more about yes. human design and I need to Google my dog. I mean, I need to, what was the website again? Jovianarchive.org. And then I, I use genetic matrix because I like their full charts. I get full charts from them, but I recommend everyone else goes to Jovian Archive. There are a bunch of different, you can literally just Google free human design chart and you'll get a lot of people doing it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of this spiritual fix. We are still in the process of getting together our primal wounds episode. If you happen to have a humiliation or an injustice wound and would like to be interviewed by the podcast, please contact us at this.spiritual.fix at gmail.com. Thanks, y'all. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.